Hallelujah. Ushers, you may come. <clears throat> Praise his name. Praise his name. As you prepare, Father, we just thank you so much that you can, we can continue to worship you through the giving of tithes and offerings. We're so grateful that we can bless your kingdom. And as we do so, we know that you give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we don't do it for that reason, but we're grateful that you provide and you continue to provide for all of us. We thank you, Father. Bless us, both gift and giver, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give. Praise his name. And kids, you may be dismissed to your time with Pastor Yuri. <clears throat> Pastor Yuri always does such a neat job with all sorts of things they do in there, so lots of fun. Praise the Lord. Um, all of your announcements are in the bulletin. We have your tax forms that are coming out, and uh, anything you might need, just let us know at the, at the church. We will provide it. Praise his name. Take your Bibles and open them to Philippians. We're going to go back to Philippians. We're in the middle of the third chapter, heading toward the end of this third chapter in this wonderful little book. Uh, It's been so long since we've been in here. I I told somebody a while back, I think that the holiday season was about six months long this year. Did it seem like that? It was like December 11th and the 18th and the 25th and then New Year's. And it's like, oh, Lord, have mercy. So I'm glad that we're back into like normal time now. So it's good. So Philippians, the third chapter. And remember, just as a little, a little uh, reminder for us, since we haven't been here for a while, the, the, uh, this wonderful little letter was written by Paul from prison and uh, under house arrest, and, and uh, he was writing to the Philippian church because they had given money to his uh, ministry. And so he said that the actual reason for the writing of this book was money, love offerings. And he was thanking them for their faithfulness. And the theme of this book is joy and fellowship. And we need joy and we need fellowship in this new year. And so uh, we will pick up that theme with the Philippians. We're going to go down to, we, we already covered the first half of this third chapter, the, the, uh, the beautiful portion of scripture about who Jesus is and uh, all of that wonderful stuff. And we're going to go down to verse 12, start there. We're going to actually talk about verses 15 and 16 probably, but uh, verse 12, not that I have already attained or already am perfected, Paul says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, and we talked about this several weeks ago, he says one thing and then he lists three things, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we had mentioned that that was all one action. You can't just do one You've got to do all three. You've got to forget the past. You've got to move forward, and you've got to reach. You've got to do all of those at the same time. Uh, therefore, and this, this is where we're going to be at today, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, which is the mind of Christ, and if anything else you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And then he, he talks about, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later. When we don't walk this way, it's verse 19. Uh, our end is destruction. Our God is our belly. Our glory is our shame. And we set our mind on earthly things. Not good. 
not good to do. So we're going to talk this morning about the same walk. He says, let this same walk be in you. And it's important how we walk. We've got to walk correctly. It's like the little girl that was walking home from school. And uh, this guy on a motorcycle pulled up and he said, want to take a ride, honey? And she said, no. And she kept walking a little faster. And then he says, well, how about I give you $10? And she says, no. And she started walking faster. And he says, how about $10 and some donuts? That's a yes. I mean, forget the $10. $10 and some donuts. And she again said, no. And then she looked at him and said, dad, if you would have only bought a Harley instead of a Honda, I'd get on that bike. She knew her walk, right? She knew her walk. She said, nope, I'm not going to settle for anything less. So. <laughs> but walking is very important. And, of course, Paul starts this little section uh, in verse 15 with the word therefore. So that's, of course, very important because uh, that means that we need to reference what was before. And that all that he says is based on the previous 14 verses. And in those verses, he tells us how we should be walking, like Christ, in humility, Uh, humility before the Lord, brokenness and humbleness before him. We talked about all that. Uh, But it's interesting where he starts. He repeats the same word, that word same. He uses it over and over. And I said same, not sane. (laughs) I don't know if any of us can meet the standards of being sane right now, but, but the same, the same. And he says it in those verses 16 and 17. He repeats of it. Same pattern, example, same pattern, same rule. Philippians 1. He says, talks about the same conflict they're in. Philippians 2, he says we have to have the same love, one accord, one, one mind. Philippians 3, same rule and same thing. Philippians 4, Euodia and Syntyche, two gals, said, come on, be of the same mind, you two. First Corinthians, he tells the Corinthians, speak the same thing, have the same mind. So evidently, it's very important to Paul that we all have the same mind which is the mind of Christ. Uh, We're going to see that shortly, what that means. But there's there's no way everybody in in this room could have the same mind on everything. That's impossible. Can't do it. We're human beings. And so that's not how we gear our walk. We don't gear our walk toward this brother or sister that thinks the way we think. That's nice when somebody does. If everybody would just think the way I think, it would all be okay. And I know you all say the same thing. <laughs> but, but that's not. We have to have one thing that we can concentrate our minds on, and that is the mind of Christ, which, of course, is found in, in the Word of God. And we can do that. You know, we hear it from the world. You know, all you Christians, you're all alike, right? Yeah, you're all alike. Well, you know, we all have found the answer to a joyful life, and we're look toward, looking forward to our victorious future. So, yeah, we sort of are thinking the same thing, moving in the same direction. And so they blame us for that. But, of course, in the world, we understand that they are all independent thinkers, aren't they? All those guys down at the bar think totally different from each other, don't they? Yeah, all, 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 those, all those people in the stadiums today, they're going to be cheering. They, they all have different minds. They're not concentrating on the same thing. All those people in that gay pride parade, they're all totally independent from each other, aren't they? Yeah, they don't have any tattoos the same, any piercings the same. The pink hair is not the same. The blue hair is not the same, right? All different. They're all independent thinkers, right? Yeah, all those Harley guys, are, they never wear the same clothes, do they? Right? Yeah. They're all the same outfits. All those golfers, all those fishermen, right? 
Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. In the world, they're no, they're no more independent than we are. They're all bound by the same stuff and think the same things. That's the way it is. Well, you Christians are all like mind-numbed robots. Yes, I'm trying to numb this mind even more and more and more. Not by Jack Daniels, but by the Word of God. The best thing you could do is numb this stupid thing up there and concentrate on what Jesus says. So that's our goal, to have this same mind, the mind of Christ, the mind of holiness, the mind of joy, the mind of benevolence, all of those things. So we're going to start with uh, three quick points. We're going to start with the same mind. He says, as many of you are perfect, that is, full-grown, no longer babes in the Christian life, have the same mind. But what's interesting is he just said in the verses before that he was not perfect. So then he turns says, I'm not perfect, I haven't attained, but for as many of you as are perfect, well, wait, what's, what's he mean? Well, this brings up our dual aspect uh, in our life uh, of justification and sanctification. There are two parts of our walk uh, that we have, and I, I made a quick sheet for you. If you didn't pick one up, uh, you can get one in there, and you could refer to this, and, and it's, it's defining our walk, the difference between justification and sanctification, because a lot of people get this confused, and, and if you err on the wrong side, then you'll be doing nothing for the kingdom or you'll be trying to beat yourself to death every day for how unholy you are, because we are still struggling, all of us. So both justification and sanctification, and you could read this at your leisure, and I did not put a lot of scriptures in here. You can go find the scriptures for yourself. They are freely given a grace. They're found only in Christ. They started in the believer at the same time at salvation. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you were both justified fully, and the sanctification process began. But there are a couple of differences that we need to understand. With justification, the sinner is counted righteous by God through Christ. This righteousness is imputed or imparted by the Holy Spirit. So when you accept Christ as your Savior, when you admit your sins, confess your sins, and you repent, then immediately you are counted as righteousness. Hallelujah. You didn't do it. Nothing about you. Sanctification, on the other hand, is the sinner being made righteous. So we say, wait a minute, you just said he was righteous. Yes, we're righteous, but we're being made righteous. Well, I don't understand. Neither do I. The sinner is being made righteous by the constant personal activity through the word and the Holy Spirit. With justification, it is not your own. You didn't get it. Your justification does not increase You don't become more justified the more you serve Jesus. You have been justified, period, forever. At salvation, freely, forever. Sanctification, on the other hand, is our own work, wrought in us by the Holy Spirit. We grow in knowledge, don't we? We grow in wisdom and virtue and holiness, all of those things. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, That's the sanctification process. For justification, there are no works. That's the book of Romans. Everything is free by justification. But then comes the book of James, right? Where works are very important. Very important. James says, you want to see my faith? I'll show you my faith by my works. Now, people will say, well, doesn't that sort of contradict what Paul says in Romans? No, it's the the two sides of the same coin. We need both. 
at justification when you're first saved. It's instant and complete. Sanctification is a progressive growth. And I ask that question because many people say, well, then well, can I get to heaven without sanctification? Well, why? <laughs> why would you want to do that? It's like standing in front of a buffet and looking at it and going, oh, boy, look at that roast beef. Wow, ooh, those mashed potatoes, they're steaming. They got butter on them. Wow, those are so Look at that. Look at the donuts on the dessert table. Okay, I'm done. No, you eat at the buffet. It's like somebody giving you $100,000 and saying, go to any dealership you want and buy a new, buy a new car. Get whatever you want. Well, 100000 you couldn't get whatever you want. <laughs> get whatever car you want. So you walk into the dealer, you test drive them all, and then you leave. Well, what good is that? Oh, good. If God has given us so great a salvation, why not exercise our rights and privileges to grow stronger and more efficient in our walk? That's what I want to do. He's given it to us, so now let's walk in it. Let's move in it. Let's become stronger. Let's take on that mind. We are perfect, but we are being perfected. We are saved, but we are being saved. We have been made righteous, but we are becoming more righteous. The kingdom is here, yet the kingdom is there. And we've been taught to pray, thy kingdom come. It is now, but it is not yet. Perfect and perfecting. I heard a really good definition of this. And the writer said, where we have gone ahead... Let's keep going. I like that. All of us are at different levels. But however far ahead you are, don't stop. Keep going. There's more. Therefore, as many of us as are mature, Paul says, have this mind. And if, and if you have this mind, and this is where the revelation part comes in, he says, God will reveal even this to you. If you're falling short, he will reveal it. That word reveal, there is apocalypsis, from which we get revelation. In other words, he will show you. He's a loving heavenly father. How many of you have ever fallen short in your walk with the Lord and the Holy Spirit showed you? (laughs) Sometimes he shows us in ways we don't want to know if we're not listening, right? But as we're worshiping him, as we're in his presence, as we're listening to his voice, Paul says this again in 1 Corinthians 2. He says it again in Ephesians, uh, the third chapter as well, as we're in. By the Holy Spirit, he will reveal, he will reveal. But it takes us being in that attitude of worship and adoration, which we'll see in a few moments. uh, And it takes us back to some of the comments I made last week. There are things that can only be revealed to you and in you, each of us. Saved, unsaved, it doesn't matter. There are only things that can be revealed by the Holy Spirit. You You can be ministering to an unsaved person or for your own self. You can preach all you want. You can quote, quote as many scriptures as you want. But guess what? There are so many times words does not, do not work. Punishment does not work. Seeing miracles doesn't work. Nothing works but responding to the inner call of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's how we've got to pray. I believe more and more we've got to pray for each other, pray for our unsaved loved ones, and just say, Holy Spirit, just reveal yourself to them. Reveal. Lord, send laborers to them. Lord, surround them with people that will speak to them your word. So it, that's what we need. It's all about apocalypsis for us. It's all about revelation. And when we do not have that walk, 
Then, as I mentioned earlier, we'll talk about this probably next week. Verse 19, our end becomes destruction. Our God becomes our belly. (laughs) Boy, is that true. (laughs) And he's not talking about food there, folks. He's talking about other things. Our glory becomes shameful because it's all flesh. Because we're setting our mind on earthly things. So we've got to, number one, have the same mind. That's where Paul starts. Have the same mind. Then he says, you've got to have the same rule. He uses that word. It's very interesting. He says, if you're mature, have the same rule, verse 16. And that word, very interesting in the Greek, it's a word we all know, canon, K-A-C-A-N-O-N, canon, like the canon of scripture. And this word really means a rod or a straight piece of anything that you lay something up against and you bind it to it to keep it straight. (laughs) Does that really sound like what we need to do with this? Lay ourselves up against it, bind ourselves to it, so we're straight. The further you move away from this thing, the more crooked you're going to become. Very, very simple to understand. It's a measuring rod. It's a rule. It's a carpenter's line or a measuring tape. But I like the last definition. This is really nice. It's a definitely bounded, fixed space. Do you know that our walk with Jesus is, we are walking in a bounded and fixed state. We are prisoners of the Holy Spirit. Thank God. Because I know what we used to be prisoners of, and I don't want to be prisoners of that anymore. We are now prisoners of the Holy Spirit. And his rule leads us and guides us. But here's the thing about this. I hate to tell you this. There are no new rules to make you a better Christian. There are no magic wands. There are no secret incantations. It's just the same word of God that it's always been. And we bind our hearts to it. Example would be, for instance, let's say that I want to become an Olympic runner. Which that is really funny. That's a really funny example. There are certain rules that will always apply at whatever level I am. Get up early, diet, weight training, flexibility training, flexibility training, and a whole lot of running, right? That's it. There, there, there is nothing else. So let's say, for instance, I looked it up. The Olympic record for a mile is 3 minutes and 43 seconds. Hannah, are you close yet? (laughs) Oh, you do long distance. (laughs) Three minutes. Can I even drive three minutes and 43 seconds a mile? I don't even know. Three minutes. So let's say you start your training and you get from six minutes to five minutes. Well, how did you get from six minutes to five minutes? Well, you got up early, you dieted, you trained your weight, weight training, your legs. You did flexibility training and you ran and you ran and you ran and you ran. You didn't stop running. You just kept running every day. That's how you did it. Then that, so now, now you're down to about four minutes and 20 seconds. You're about 30 or 40 seconds away from the world record, and, and it's getting harder. Well, your trainer may tweak your training a little bit. He may say, you know, we heard somebody on the West Coast is doing this, and somebody in, in uh, South Africa is doing this, and this has happened over. He may, you know, let's try this or let's try that. He may tweak it. But I guarantee you, your trainer is not going to say, let's try something different. Let's try two dozen donuts a day. I don't think so. 
I, I doubt sincerely that your trainer is going to say, here, here's our new regimen. We're going to get you down 30 more seconds. We're going to get up at 10 a.m. We're going to lounge by the pool till 2. Then we're going to go to a buffet, and then you're going to jog five minutes. No. You're going to go back up to six or seven minutes on that mile. There is nothing new that you can do other than what you're doing. You just do it harder and faster, and you're more faithful to it. The way you break a record is to keep doing what you're doing. There's no mystery. There's no secret. It's sweat. It's blood. It's tears. It takes work. Aren't you glad you came to church today? The way we learn to walk as believers is to walk as believers. Is that too profound? The way we learn to walk as a believer is just to walk as a believer. No mystery. We learn to walk by walking. That's how we learn. My, my, my mother's down here, going to be 91 this year. How'd you get to be 90? Well, by living 89 years. Right? <laughs> how did you learn to paint? By painting. How did you learn to play the piano? By playing the piano. How did you learn to repair cars? By fixing cars. You didn't learn to play piano by practicing archery. You didn't learn to paint a beautiful portrait by practicing piano. There's only one way to do these things. You just learn it by doing it and not stopping. Enoch walked with God and was no more. Isn't that wonderful? But his great-grandson, Noah, wasn't so lucky. He had to go through the flood. Noah could have said, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, or whatever your name is. <laughs> uh, you know, my great-grandpa, you took him. But I, what am I, chopped liver? I got to go through the flood? Yeah, you got to go through the flood. But he kept walking. Jonah had to spend three days in the belly of a whale, but he kept on walking. Elijah got so depressed that he wanted to die, but he kept on walking until a fiery chariot came and took him to heaven. Elisha, his disciple, who received the double portion, a, du a double portion of Elijah? What in the world does that look like? A double portion of Elijah. He didn't go up in a fiery chariot. He had to suffer and die like the rest of us, but he kept on walking. Do we even begin to talk about the life of Joseph, somebody who kept on walking? And how about David, a faithful shepherd who became a hero in Israel and then became the most hated, wanted man in Israel, then went to the throne, then went back down to Bathsheba and back up to the throne. Back and forth he went, but he didn't. He was a man after God's own heart because he didn't stop walking. Wow. So, that's the walk we have. We just, how do I become a better Christian? By becoming a better Christian. <laughs> how do I learn more of the word? Well, you don't learn more of the word by not reading it. You don't learn more of the word. Oh, I'm really preaching hard this morning. You don't learn more of the word by watching TV. Even if it's TBN. Is that still a thing? I don't know. So, that's the second point. Third point, and you're saying, thank God this sermon's almost over. <laughs> it's, it's the same walk. He joins all of us together. And he says, all of you are going to have the same walk. 
You're all going to look alike, act alike. You're going you're to do it all together. And the same walk is very simple. It starts off, he says, by worshiping. This is, this is from the past several verses. Number one, worshiping God in the spirit. Worship not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We all know, folks, God bless them, that jumped real high on Sunday mornings, but boy, Monday morning hitting me. <laughs> That's why the old saying, I don't care how high you jump on Sunday during the worship service, but when you hit the ground on Monday, you better be walking straight. Worshiping him in the spirit, it has nothing to do with the flesh, it has nothing to do with our emotions, it has nothing to do with lifting our hands when Pastor Steve sings, none of those things. That's all part of it, but I believe it goes back to apocalypsis. It goes back to that heart of worship that says, Jesus, I just want to know you more. I want to know the, the power of resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to be made conformable to you in every way. I want to worship you. I want to, I want to walk in humble adoration before you so that you can reveal your heart to me. Deep calls to deep, the psalmist said, at the noise of the water spouts. Deep, deep down in there. I want, I want to be continually broken by your word so that you can reveal. I want this ground that's inside of me not to become fallow and hard. I want it to be broken and open. I want your word to plow deep inside of me so you can plant your seed of revelation deep inside my heart so I can see you and hear you and understand the direction that you want my life to go. But it happens as we worship him. You know, people have asked me in the past, uh, and and it's a common question for all of us, uh, for for the guys standing up here, uh, all the way to to every last one of us, is how how do I know the will of the Lord? How do I, I'm seeking the Lord about something. How do I know which direction to go? Anybody ever been there? Anybody there right now? Yeah, we all are. How do I know how to do that? And you know what? Another really stupid, simple way this is not going to be very profound at all, but I always go back to the red light, yellow light, green light. You're sitting at a stoplight, and it's a, it's a signal. You've got red, yellow, and green. How do I know the will of the Lord? You, it's either going to, in, deep inside, deep inside, you're either going to have a red light, a yellow light, or a green light. Isn't that simple? It's real simple. And here's the thing about that, though. You could be sitting there and every circumstance that you're about to decide on, every circumstance around it could be totally wrong, but yet you have a green light in your spirit. It means go. Every circumstance around you could be totally right. I mean, everything is just, all the ducks are in a row. This has to be the best choice. Every duck is in a row. Here it is. It's perfect. It looks great. But inside your spirit, there's a red light. And you just, ooh, you just can't do it. And you're sitting there thinking, Lord, but everyone's told me it's okay. I talked with brothers and sisters and they gave me, yeah, hallelujah. But there's a red light in my spirit. Did you ever have that? And sometimes, and most of the time, it's a yellow light. It's a yellow light that says, just wait. Don't quit the job yet. Don't take the other job yet. Don't marry that person yet. Don't divorce that person yet. Mm, wait on what the doctor says for just another couple days or 
Just wait. Oh, how many have been? How many know that's the ugly place to be, right? We don't like that yellow light. But when I'm worshiping him, when I'm in his presence, when his word is filling my heart, it's either going to be a red, yellow, or green light, and I'm going to know. And when I know, then I know. Then I know. So, we walk the same walk by worship. The second thing Paul tells us is we walk the walk by having no confidence in the flesh. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I think maybe the older you get, the less confidence you have in your flesh. Oh, I hear some elderly people laughing. One of them is the worship leader. Isn't it true? You, you've, you've learned and seen over the course of the years how many times you've made a bad choice. And now somebody else is agreeing with me too. <laughs> oh man, we look back. And we realize, man, I thought that was the right, boy, at the time, ever said that sentence? Well, at the time, it seemed like, <laughs> so there are so many times we realize I can't have confidence in my own mind. I can't have confidence in my own ability. I, folks, we've got to get to the place where we realize that it's never been us. It's always been him. It never will be us. It will always be him. He leads, we follow. He speaks, we listen. He does it, we follow. Always, always. When the door is open, we walk through. When the door closes, we don't pout and pout and stamp our feet and raise our fists. We stop and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you close that door. You're going to open something else then. And we follow. So worshiping God in the Spirit, having no confidence in the flesh, And then the one last thing he says right before this passage we're in now is, we fix our mind on the upward call. We fix our mind on the upward call. And and he's not talking about heaven here. not talking about heaven. We're talking about the upward call, which brings us to the prize, which is his upward call. That the prize is the upward call. Because how many know that if you're listening to that upward call, you're going to get the prize, whatever it is. And I'm telling you what, whatever prize Jesus has for me, it's going to be the greatest prize in the whole universe. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Do you realize that all of us are in this room right now, not one of us has ever seen heaven per se. Maybe you've had a dream, maybe, I don't know, you've died and went there and came back. But in reality, we've never seen heaven. We have no idea what it's like, but yet we want to be there. Do you realize how kooky that is? We, we have a desire to be in the presence of someone we've never met before, we've never heard, we've never talked to, we never touched, we didn't have him over for dinner, nothing. We don't know anything about Jesus, but all we know is we want to be in his presence. Phew. Wow. So the question would be, where are you in your walk today? Are you just starting out in your walk with Jesus That's wonderful, because he that hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. So, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Are you strong and mature, like John talks about in his epistles? Are are you, are you, in those little letters, are you, are you a father? Are you an elder? Are you strong? Are you a spiritual mother? That's great, because he that hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. So now, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
In other words, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how mature you are, how immature you are. It's the same answer. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Work it out. See, we're starting the new year with work, aren't we? Work out. None of us are shoveling snow, so we got to be doing our exercise some other way. Spiritual exercise. It doesn't matter how mature you are. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord. You are at the exact same place as that person that just got saved. Because if you stop, you're going to go backwards real fast. You can't stop. You can't stop. Whatever level you are at, keep moving forward. So we have the same walk. So in that regard, I can say to everybody in this sanctuary, I can say to any brother that, or sister that I meet, I'm at the same place you are, brother. I'm at the same place you are, sister. I don't care how long you've preached. I don't care how long you've taught. I don't care how if you just got saved last Tuesday. I'm at the same place as you, still working out that salvation with fear and trembling, still trying to be broken before him, still worshiping him in spirit, still listening to the voice of Jesus, still following after him. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be apprehended by that for which I have already been apprehended, Paul says. I want to attain that which has already been given to me. I want to get it, and I want all of it. And I'm not going to stop. You're not going to stop until we're there. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much that you don't have any special children. You don't have any super Christians. As a matter of fact, those that we see many times in the past as super Christians are now not even in the body anymore. Paul talked about them earlier. He's going to talk about them again. They've left. They've left me. We're so grateful this morning that we can all be together in this same boat. We're all working out the same salvation. We're all listening to your voice. We're all hearkening diligently. We're all asking for the word, the incorruptible seed, to be planted deeply in our broken hearts. That's what it's all about. And as we do that, no matter what level we're at, you're going to bring us to the next level. You're going to take us to the next step. And that's our goal. The next step. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand. Can we, can we sing that one more time? Heart of worship. I'm coming back. I think that sounds like the key that you're in. Let's just sing it one more time. Bring